This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. How are you? Me, I am. Um, I don't know if you can tell from the sound of my voice, but I think I've, I think I got a cold. I, I did a COVID rapid test. I don't have COVID. $99 later, I found out um, I don't have COVID. So that's good. And I am, you know, fully vaccinated. But... My defenses are down, and, and I've been very out and about, and so I, I may have gotten a cold, so now I'm canceling all kinds of things and, and staying home and taking it easy, so I apologize that my voice sounds like this, and I'm also recording a lot of episodes this week uh, upcoming, so my voice might sound like this um, for a while, <laughs> at least when you listen to this show, so I apologize, but... Before I conclude my two-part conversation with Katrina Weidman of the TV show Portals to Hell, I thought I would take a look at some of the ghost stories I've been sent lately. This first one comes from a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, a great place to leave a ghost story. It comes from King GHF10, and they write, I have a quick story. A few years ago, I was on an evening drive, it was near sunset, but still light out, with my mother on an old country highway. Two lanes, lots of curves, lots of farmland and trees. At one section of the road, there's a farm where the farmhouse and barn are on opposite sides of the road and very close to it as well. My mother was driving, so that gave me an opportunity to look around. I remember admiring the farmhouse as we came up to it. Then, something in the road caught my eye. Standing directly in front of the barn, in the middle of the opposite lane of traffic, was a figure. It was tall, taupe-colored, with gauzy strips that floated in a bizarre way, almost like it was underwater. I said to my mother, "'What is that?' She had no idea what I was talking about. An SUV was coming the opposite direction, straight for the figure. I thought maybe it was some kind of scarecrow from the farm that inadvertently ended up in the street. In a split second, I realized that that was definitely not the case. As the SUV approached, I yelled, They're going to hit it! They don't see it! 
We passed it and the SUV at the same time. As the SUV hit it, it raised an arm, pointing a... They just wrote the word bony. I'm going to say bony finger. A bony finger at us. I screamed. I was fully convinced that I was watching a car accident, but the SUV kept on and there was no thud. Immediately, I turned back in my seat to look at the spot where it was standing. It was gone. And clearly, I was the only one who saw it. My mom never saw it, and the SUV never slowed down. I was so confused and frankly scared. I asked her to turn back to see if something was still there, and nothing. I never saw it again, but I always feel dread when I drive past that farm. Oh, God. Especially after last week when we talked about that murder farm that Katrina recently investigated. That is a spooky one. Thank you for sending it. Now, here's another one that I found a little terrifying. This was posted by Jennifer in the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dress Jennifer writes, I have a ton of good ghost stories, but I'm nervous to type them all out. This is my last experience. Here it goes. I live in a haunted house. It is not old, but the land is, and many Native Americans have lived and died on this land. Anyway, I got up in the middle of the night to get a snack, and when I got to the hallway to my room, there was this 13 to 14 year old girl with long brown hair and a long, stereotypical white nightdress on. I just stood there, too stunned to move. I don't remember how I got back to my room. The next week, I was listening to a podcast about children without eyes, and my blood ran cold. When I remembered the spirit, she had black spots where her eyes should have been. Studying up on it, I'm convinced that she is not one of those children with black eyes. But what was it? Why don't I remember going back to bed? I don't sleepwalk. Could this have been an alien? I haven't seen her since, but there are times in that hallway I have to turn on the light because I can feel something looking at me. Thoughts? Am I just crazy? Be kind. Wow. Uh, that was actually posted June 15th. So uh, if you have any insight, please let Jennifer know in the Facebook group. And um, yeah, I mean, of course, my first thought was maybe it was one of those black-eyed children. Uh, but that's uh, it's a different thing. I mean, the lore around black-eyed children is usually that they're trying to get into your house, not that they're already in there. But yeah, the scary part is that you don't remember going to bed or, ooh, ooh, Jennifer. And you said that you feel like somebody's watching you in the darkness, but like, are they watching you if they don't have any eyeballs? Maybe they don't see you. It doesn't make it more comforting, I know, but I don't know. Just a thought. Keep us updated on that. I have got uh, another episode on my Patreon this week of my little podcast I've been doing with my best friend Sam. This week we are talking about malls, you know, shopping malls. So you can find that on my second tier of Patreon this week. So look out for that. And uh, I say we get into this conversation with 
Miss Katrina Wideman. Now, we are going to be referencing, again, her TV show Portals to Hell, which you can find on Discovery+. Plus. I do think that you could still enjoy this if you haven't yet seen Portals to Hell. And uh, another thing that we reference right at the beginning of this conversation is this ghost video that I have seen previous to uh, her investigation at the Hotel Montevista in Flagstaff, Arizona. And it's a video of this rocking chair. This family is doing a seance and they're like, they tell the rocking chair to move and it does move in a very quick way. And it's really, really scary. And maybe you've seen the video. If not, look it up. It's spooky. Anyway, here's my conversation with Katrina Weidman. Hope you enjoy. On with the show. Uh, well, another place you guys went to was, um, what was that hotel where that video, there was like that viral video that, uh, that was the Monte Vista one, right? The hotel that, yeah, that was some flag staff. Yes. Yes. And I've seen that video before. It's like a, a dad and some, some little girls and they're doing a Ouija board and yeah. then they ask the rocking chair to move. And then it like moves in a very violent way. Um, how do you feel about that video? I don't know. You know, it's so hard for me when people are like, here's the video or here's the picture, because I don't know the circumstances at the time. And it's, it's always so hard to, um, you don't know what you can't see. Right. So in a, in a video or a picture, you only see what's framed and which is why, and it's funny, like, even though I work in paranormal television, I totally get the criticisms of it. And I agree with most criticisms of it, to be honest, because if I was sitting at home, I would be the first one to call BS on a lot of things. Um, not that they are, just that I think if you're not there, it's sometimes hard to say, you know, yes, I believe that because there's also people in this world that, that, that don't have great intentions, you know? Um, so when I see something, I'm always like really, really cautious about it. With that guy, um, we met him. He was very, very nice. Um, I felt like he was being upfront what is interesting is, um, Jack's background. He also works. Um, I can't remember the exact title of it, but he works with the reason he's like a police reserve officer. And, uh, so he's obviously like had a lot of training and just being able to read people really well. And he believed that that family was being truthful. Mm-hmm. So, um, they, I mean, they seem truthful to us. Yeah. We were just talking about on the show that there's like this whole YouTube phenomenon now of um, like body language experts after, Mm. after like a celebrity tell all people, you know, they're all these body language experts would be like, now you see how she just itched her nose. That means lying or whatever. (laughs) Um, I'd be curious to know about that kind of a thing, but yeah, it's like, it's almost like what you were saying. You have to, like, if you're not there when the video is taken, it's like, how do you prove that anything is real? Like, wh- you can right. never prove that the paranormal is real unless something happened when we're all, the whole entire world is in the room together, which would never happen. Like, right. you know, it's like, it would have to be, it's all personal, really. Like, I don't know. It is. I think until we have more, uh, maybe more science behind it, I think that's when we'll see a shift in that. Um, because I know I've had, experiences caught on camera that there is no explanation for how those things happened, but I get messages about it. Like you fake that, 
and we know it's faked and here's how you did it. And it's completely off the, it, like it's, there's no truth to what they're saying at all. Um, but I, I understand the skepticism, you know, that goes into it um, for sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just a thing of, oh, I, I think it, it again, it, it's one of those things that I meet people like this all the time. Not that they're against the supernatural, but they won't believe it until it happens to them. And, and I can respect that because yeah. it's hard to wrap your head around it. That maybe something does exist beyond what we already know. God, I, w- I just wish that I had like a couple of ghosts that I could just like call and be like, okay, person <laughs> over here, like go show yourself <laughs> that one at a time with every yeah. skeptic. Yeah. Uh, but you know, another thing about that hotel is that it had tunnels underneath. And I've noticed that with like a number of places that you guys go to, do you think that there's a connection with being underground and you know, portals or whatever with the other side? Yeah. Um, I mean, historically, what we know is that tunnels were sometimes, uh, a lot of times, used for nefarious reasons. So even if they weren't built for, for anything bad, they were often used for things that weren't supposed to be going on. Um, so if we're looking at the supernatural as connected to tragedy, then it makes sense. Um, if the supernatural is not connected to tragedy, then is it something where people, we just kind of get freaked out about mysterious tunnels. And so then we, we think, you know, we're, we're tying these supernatural events to the fact that there is a tunnel, um, that could be a possibility, uh, even further, if there is something tied to the supernatural that has anything to do with like the energy of the earth, the land itself, then a tunnel is obviously usually deeper than a basement in a lot of places or on the same level as the basement. Um, so could there be any connection that way? Maybe. Also you're like eye level with dead bodies when they're buried. (laughs) This is true. That's true. And anytime you're like underground, it's so much scarier because you can't like run. Like it's, you know, like you're like almost trapped if like something scary happened down there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think tunnels, exactly what you said, tunnels can represent a lot of fears that we have as humans, Mm -hmm. either for um, being claustrophobic or facing some element of death itself. Mm. Oh my God. You guys also went to a theater, which is always my favorite. Me too. God, I love an old historic theater. And that place was really great. And they had that grand dame actress ghost. Yes. I just love that. Yeah, that was, a, I mean, uh, the Fulton Theater in Lancaster, um, beautiful. And actually a friend from college used to work there or did he used to work there or the one of the lighting directors or audio directors is like still his really good friend. And um, so it was cool for me to go there because it's close to, to where I grew up. And um, obviously I was a theater major. So like kind of what you were saying, like you just step in, like, you know what I'm saying, like you step into mm-hmm. a theater. It's just you're like a kid in a candy store. It oh. feels so good. I love the energy. Um, so I agree with you. Those are my favorite places to investigate because I just, I, I could just like be on the stage all day. I'd be so happy. I feel um, like you could almost throw old theaters into the category of jails and asylums and, and hospitals. But like, sometimes I do encounter old theaters where they're like, nope, never heard any ghosts around here. And I'm like, 
what kind yeah. of is this? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that you have to have a, at least one ghost of your right. You have theater. to have the lady in white. Every theater has the lady in white. Yes. Um, the tragic actress who didn't get the part. And so, you know, she's left to haunt the place forever. Totally. <laughs> oh God, we should do a musical with all of those actress ghosts. <laughs> somehow summon them. Michelle, we'll get Michelle on the phone. She yes. can produce it. We'll get all of those ladies to get their chance. <laughs> that would be amazing. I love it. Okay. And then another place was the, um, the Padre Hotel, which is not super far from LA and Bakersfield, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't really know about that place, but that place has handprints of a little girl in wood that, that they try to wipe away and they stay there. What is that? Uh, I, Padre is hard for me to recall cause I wasn't physically there. That's right. So, yeah. So, uh, I was working remotely just because of COVID stuff, you know? Um, and I, so I was doing a lot of the research there. Um, what I can tell you is that Padre definitely has a, a sorted past, you know, like a lot of those hotels did at the time, because, you know, they were built to be these grand hotels and they were for a long time. But like a lot of businesses where, where this can happen is they fall into despair. And so then they try to find ways to make money. And sometimes um, CD activity or CD people get involved. And um, then you have people who, again, they're, they don't have a, a stable home base or they don't have a stable life where they're looking for a second chance. And sometimes with those life stories, there's a lot of tragedy involved. And because, you know, uh, sometimes bad things happen there, it wasn't always, um, we don't know how much was reported, you know? So even when you're going through the historical documents, it's really only like a glimpse of what life was like at the hotel at that point. And when I was going through the historical documents, you know, there was a lot of things like, um, drug abuse and overdoses. Um, there was a man who, no. Yes, there was a man who was shot there and um, I believe he was killed and it was a, it was a lover's quarrel. Um, so, you know, you have things like that happen. There was a fire there, but nobody, from what we could tell, nobody died from that fire. Um, you but there's an interesting point. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are maybe 20, 30 years older than me. And I'll be like, tell me about the eighties. Was it all yeah. this and that? And they're like, yeah, it was, but it was also like real life. And like, we had like other things going on. It wasn't just like everyone was just like partying, at, you know, and listening to pop music. Like there was, you know, it's like you, there's so much that could happen that you don't even know about, you know, just like mm-hmm. everyday things that could leave a a ghost imprint of some sort over decades and decades. Yeah. And that's part of the reason um, that I, I think it's interesting in the paranormal field, because there's been such a boom of investigators. um, There's been a lot of positives to that, but there's also negatives, right? So the positive, what I like to look at is we're trying to preserve these stories because these aren't things that get reported. You know, very rarely, I mean, you can go through old newspaper articles and you will find people talking about ghosts and you will find the ghost story. Um, But these are such, you know, these are oral stories that are passed down through families. And so if we don't document them, they're kind of lost forever. And um, so something I think is really important about and positive about the television shows 
um, in particular, or even the YouTube series that people make or podcasts is that you're, you're able to document people's experiences in some way, even if they're not true supernatural experiences, meaning we someday find out that there's an explanation for them. We're still able to document the, the experience someone had. And I think that's pretty important. Yeah. I, I do remember hearing you say in that specific episode, um, something along the lines of that, you know, these kinds of places that have all these paranormal experiences, it's you, people automatically will just assign these tragic events yeah. to those, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's very much a thing of like this folklore of like, well, there was this murder. So I guess that's who this is, but it might yeah. not always be that. Yeah. And there was actually, um, I think it got left out of the episode, but the Flagstaff episode, the Monte Vista uh, there is a ghost there that they call the meat man. And okay. <laughs> which I guess could be taken a lot of different ways, but he was a butcher. So, okay. <laughs> um, and they, because they have activity in this one room of the hotel and they always attribute it to him because they heard he had died in that hotel room. Um, and we did a lot of digging and we actually were able to find out who the meat man was. And his story got conflated with other bits of history. So he was a butcher. Um, He did kind of have um, an unruly personality from what we could find. We actually found somebody who knew him. This guy was like in a retirement home in his like mid nineties, but he knew him. And um, he did live at the hotel for a period of time, but afterwards he got married and lived out the rest of his life nearby and, and died. Um, he had, he went into cardiac arrest at his house and then died at the hospital. So we were able to kind of put pieces of that rumor to rest, you know, but it's, I, I always think that's such a great example of how, you know, there, there was truth to that story. It just wasn't the, the puzzle that they had put together. Right. Now, but what about, um, sometimes you hear these stories, like, okay, the one that's always so popular around these parts where I live is like, Marilyn Monroe is always Mm -hmm. seen at this pool, but like, we know she didn't die, like, at that hotel. So, like, is that a thing of like, oh, they just loved their time at a place, and so they go back to that in the spirit world? Have you found that to be true? Yeah, so I think that goes back to what, we have to ask the question of what causes these experiences to begin with. Is it actually some consciousness of Marilyn Monroe that's showing herself in all these various places? Or is there something that gets left behind of us that isn't conscious? It's just sort of like uh, almost like a hologram Mm -hmm. and we're experiencing it in our life. Or is it that certain people have something different about that like that sixth sense we were talking about is their dial tuned up just a little bit more than the average person where they have the ability to kind of tap into this supernatural information highway almost like an internet but like one that we don't really have access to all the time but that it preserves pieces of the past is that part of it um so I always think it's a thing of like I'm not really willing to rule out any possibility until we know what causes these experiences to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I think that there could be a thing where it's sort of like, 
okay say you just like sneeze and you don't cover your mouth like pre-covid sneeze you do like a full <laughs> on and your germs are now all over a room and then you leave and you never go back to that room but like maybe like your germs would still be there for who knows how long like maybe right. that can happen right yeah yeah no I think there's so many possibilities of, you know, I think Marilyn's a great example because she, she's been spotted everywhere, you know, from LA oh, yeah. to New York, you know, so it's by coastal honey. Yeah, she is. Um, and, uh, but it's such a great example because so many people claim to have seen her in various places. Um, but again, it's a thing of, well, what is a ghost to begin with? We don't really know. No, I want to know. I know. <laughs> Come on, get down to the bottom of this, Katrina. <laughs> We're working on it. Doing this. <laughs> I know. Well, and that's the crazy thing is, is that, you know, I've been doing this full time for 15 years and I, I'll tell you, I have more questions than answers. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, but that's what I'm going back to like, okay, there's like handprints in the wood. Like I've heard about that. Like, oh, there's a stain on the floor and ev- you can't like you wash it away and it always comes back. And that's yeah. where the body was found or whatever. Like, what is that? What is going on there? Right, right. So I many remember- of my questions, this is how I interview you. <laughs> I say something crazy and then I say, what is that? Tell me, <laughs> explain it to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that stuff is, I remember when I was a kid, I used to get all the, um, you know, the supernatural haunting books, uh, during the book fair thing. And I scholastic, scholastic, yes, the scholastic book fairs. Mm -hmm. I love those. And, um, I remember there was a story in one of them about, what was it? Some guy was accused of a murder or something and they, they were going to kill them. And, he was like, if I'm innocent, grass won't grow on my, on my grave. And like grass never grew on his grave. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know if there's any truth to that. I can't remember what the story was or who was about, but, um, yeah, you always hear, hear things about that stuff. Jim Thorpe jail is a great example. They have a handprint on the wall that they claim never goes away. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wait, Mm -hmm. another one I wanted to ask you about, um, is Captain Grant's Inn. Yeah. This one was really interesting to me. Now, this is like this bed and breakfast and this woman lives there and she says that at one point she got possessed by some man ghost and then she did her own like amateur exorcism and it went away. But then it like came back, which that gives me a lot of questions like, okay, is there like an expiration date on uh, how long an exorcism works for? Or is there like a statute of limitations on possessions? Why does it come back? Did you have to do whatever? Um, But then she goes on to say, there's 300 ghosts there, which that's a lot. Um, (laughs) And then you guys kind of brought into question, you know, the, the episode goes through a whole arc and it's a really interesting storyline of this episode. Um, again, this is reality. I mean, this is like unscripted TV, but like there is like a storyline to it as you guys investigate more because at one at the beginning, you guys are kind of like, is this a credible source? Like yeah. what's going on with her? And I, I'm curious, like what, what that was like, what red flags or, or, or what made you think that? Yeah. Um, well, Carol and her husband, they're amazing. And I would recommend anybody to go and stay there. Um, they're just very kind people. Where is it? Um, 
Connecticut. Okay. And uh, the, the house is amazing and the town is amazing. Um, but what was giving us red flags at first was, again, the claims of there's 300 spirits here. Right. Because that's, that's like you said it, that's a lot. That's a lot. Like what do you do? Roll call? Like, (laughs) yeah. So it, you know, when you hear in my career, my experience, when you hear really uh, big claims like that, it's somebody either lying or something is really going on. You know, there's really no middle ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, so we were like, I, I don't know, because the stories too we were hearing about the spirits, it was nothing really crazy, nothing bad necessarily. But we were wondering how honest, you know, they were being about their experiences at that point. And so we had to explore that. And what was interesting is the more people we met, the more they were backing up her claims. So there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, we didn't meet anybody who was like, oh, she's crazy or, oh, Mm -hmm. she's making it up or like all these people were like, no, I had experiences too. Um, And actually one of our producers at the time, um, she had stayed there when she was a little kid and she remembers back then the ghost stories and how they really hadn't changed in like, you know, 20 some years. So, um, you know, we took all that into account and then it became a thing of, well, maybe it's not that there's 300 ghosts there or energies there. Maybe it's that Carol is more sensitive than the average person. So to her, it seems like there's a lot of different things because maybe homegirls channeling, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, she could be the radio tower and all these, all these things are coming to her. Um, so from her standpoint, then that would make sense that there's all these different things. Um, so then we put her to the test. And what's interesting about Carol is um, she is, I don't know it, like what any kind of diagnosis or whatever, but she she had disclosed to us that she was, you know, I guess hard of hearing to begin with anyway. So when we put her, the blindfold on her and the noise canceling headphones, I mean, I was like walking right in front of her. She never flinched. She had no idea I was even there you know, so if there was any sort of speculation of, could she hear the questions I was asking? I don't think so at all, because I was asking quietly. I was normally very far away from her. Um, and then again, when I was even walking by her, like normally somebody you can, like, if you feel somebody near you, right, you kind of shift or Mm -hmm. you're aware of their presence. She was like totally in another zone. She was in another space. Um, and, and so you were asking her questions and then she was like responding to them. Yeah, I was, I just told, and what's interesting, we just told her whatever imagery you get, whatever you hear in your head, just say it out loud. And what was fascinating about it is she would like answer on cue. And I would say, I mean, not everything she said matched up, but the majority of it did. And that's what makes it more credible. Yeah, that was really, really weird. Um, We didn't know at all what we would get from this. We, I mean, you know, you just try things and you see what works, what doesn't work. Um, But from that, I would say that Carol definitely has something special going on with her um, where maybe she's just a little more, a little more tuned in than the average person. Yeah, I love that episode. Yeah. So of these places that we've talked about, um, 
what which one's the most haunted or what would you say <laughs> you know the stupid question but like what was what which one had the most activity for you um well I guess I would say overall I I would probably give it to Penhurst just because it's so it's pretty it's pretty consistent for the most part Penhurst um and you have so many people with experiences there. Um, so I'd say Penhurst, but as far as the history goes, like the most haunted, just because awful things happen, McCormick Farm, 100%. Oof, yeah. That place is just a, oh my gosh. And nothing can, Jack and I talked about this all the time. Nothing can prepare you to be in a space like that because we were, you know, we would have our downtime and it's 3000 acres of flat land. And he and I were talking about we'd have these moments between us where we're like, if you were targeted by the McCormick's, if they wanted to kill you, there was, there was nothing. You can't run that, anywhere. I mean, no one can nope. hear you. They know the property better than you do. They know all the buildings. Nobody would hear you. You could run, but where would you, where are you running to? Uh. You know, like it's, it was, I had never felt like putting yourself in those shoes. I have never felt that amount of hopelessness in my life. God, that is really scary. Yeah. I drove across the country this uh, pandemic um, and I went through so many fields and stuff like that where I'm just like, no one would hear me scream. Yeah. Yeah. Or no one would see the aliens that would come down and get me. (laughs) Yeah. Which especially last year, I'm like, just take me. (laughs) We don't have to tell anyone. Let's just go. (laughs) Can I play you some ghost voices? Yes. Okay. It's time for EVPs or EV please. This one, this first one is from Full Moon Paranormal VA, and it's at the Lake Shawnee Haunted Amusement Park, mm. which you guys did an episode of, which is in Princeton, West Virginia. And tell me what this goes to saying. Now, this one has a little bit of background noise, and it's kind of quiet, but let's see if it works. Oh, I hear crickets. It makes me just like want a nice summer night. (laughs) Okay, let me play it again. Okay. Oh, I can't make that out because I hear the crickets. I know, but do you hear what they're talking about? I think it's like you hear like a noise and then something right after that and then crickets, right? It's, wait, let me cue it up a little because there is a little bit of cricketness before um okay this is right where the voice is oh that that thing right in the beginning is the voice i think it's kind of like a sentence it's like oh like it's like talking um this is a hard one let me try it again one more time oh okay got you yeah i hear what they're talking i can't make that out Oh my gosh. I'll give you some options and then we'll listen to it again. It's one of these. Is it A, who are you calling mama? Is it B, have you seen my brother? Is it C, 
how do I get out of here? Or D, don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? <laughs> okay, okay, let me hear it again. again. I think I would go with B. Have you seen my brother? Yeah, I mean, that is what they say. And I actually kind of can't. This is definitely like a headphones kind of a EVP. Um, but here, let's play it again. This is Have You Seen My Brother? Have you seen my brother? I can, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give it to him. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> Uh, this is from Ghost Hunting Source on YouTube, and it is at a private business in Springfield, Ohio. What is this one saying? Again, a little background noise, but creepy voice. Hmm. Any guess? One more time. No, oh man, I need the multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, murder? <laughs> is it B, let's take a selfie? Is it C, I can't help it? Or D, being a ghost is exhausting. <laughs> Here we go. What was choice C again? I can't help it. And play it one more time. I would say A murder that's yeah. what they said oh my yeah. god two for two it's like you're a pro <laughs> okay, one more time murder <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what it is um oh my god okay one more thing let me just list off um a bunch of unexplained phenomenas and see if anything comes up for you okay um okay what are your thoughts I don't know if I've asked you this before. I don't think I have. Okay. What are your thoughts on um, something like trolls, like trolls or goblins or that kind of paranormal thing? Oh, man. I hope they are real. I think that'd be so fun. Um, uh, but I would have to put them more in like probably like the possibility, maybe not there, but yeah. I would love for them to be real. Yeah. <laughs> do you okay what about past lives i think there's something to that now is um and actually the university of virginia has a whole department that's like dedicated to this they have like over 2500 cases of uh like children that they've looked into and um i have met i actually oh, there was a child i worked with years ago who had past life memories um, and they had them, I mean, since they could talk, they were like three and, uh, I've worked with other people who have worked with them. So I, I do think there's something to that, but again, is it a thing of like, it's actually a past consciousness coming into a present day body and it's the same. And then that consciousness becomes your own, or is it something where these, these kids are just really, really tuned into the information that's kind of been left behind and they're able to tap into it and they think that's part of who they are. You know, it's, it's hard to say, but I absolutely, the people that I know who have had these experiences or have worked with these people hands-on, it really does seem like there's something to it. I know, especially those like children that you hear where they're like, oh, they were a, 
like you know a pilot in 1940 yeah. and they like have like and then you find that there's like actually someone that they're actually talking about that's real it's like how did that happen I don't yeah. know that stuff trips me out yeah what about um Bigfoot um hi I go back and forth with Bigfoot I I've met a lot of credible people who believe that they had had an experience with it. One of them is actually my ex's dad. Um, he was living, uh, I can't remember if he was in Pennsylvania or where he was born at the time, but he claims when he was a kid, he saw it. And uh, he's a really credible person. He's like a really like straight shooter kind of person. And like he was a kid, so you could maybe put some doubt in, is it a child imagination, a child not understanding what they're seeing? Maybe. Um, but with that being said, even just doing this work, I've met a lot of people who claim to have had some sort of experience with something like that. Um, but then you have something like, I don't know if you've seen Sasquatch on Hulu. Have you seen that? Oh, yes, I did. That series that came out not that long ago. Yeah. So then, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't, but it, it doesn't turn out to be what you think it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know. I don't know. I think you have to take that kind of step very cautiously. Well, and it's also tough because I feel like it's human nature to be like, no, I know what I saw. And then yes. years go by of telling that story. And then it's like, it's hard to accept that it could not be that. Absolutely. And we also humans just by nature, we, we need to have an answer for things that we experience. Right. So um, we know from a historical context, a anthropological context that if we don't understand something, we put a supernatural spin on it. Mm -hmm. So I, know I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that was a demon. Um, okay. A couple, here's a couple more unexplained phenomena. What about, um, haunted dolls? Yeah, I, you knew Annabelle. You met I did. Annabelle. Yeah, I have met Annabelle. I, I would, there's, I mean, if things can hold energy, then I would say there's a possibility for that. What about the, all these people on eBay that sell them? Because, you know, that's like an obsession of mine is allegedly haunted dolls on eBay. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think that those are real? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've met people who have had, weird experiences with dolls. And I, I, I don't have any reason not to believe those experiences with that being said though, I think because it has become such a commodity, there's bound to be people who just make it up to sell things. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am a firm believer that the ones at eBay, most of them are not real. Yeah. The, just some of these, like they make up these backstories and they it's like you find out that they sell like ugh, thousands of these, you know, it's like, really, you have that many haunted dolls. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sure. Okay. Um, last one. Unexplained phenomena. What happened to Coco from the pilot of Golden Girls? <laughs> Coco. I think Coco, you know what? Coco probably went on to go open up his own restaurant. For anyone that doesn't know, the pilot of Golden Girls, would, it, is, would you say that's your favorite TV show? I mean, it is. Yes, okay. hands down. In the pilot, first episode, the Golden Girls have 
a, a gay man uh, that's a like cook uh, that lives in the house with them. And then once like the show got picked up and like the second episode, he's just gone and we never hear about him again. Yeah, never mention him. What happened I, to Coco? I think he opened up his own restaurant and he it was like one of the first LGBTQA friendly places in Miami at like, you know, he just like, it was just that love environment of everyone's welcome. And I, I think he became a really successful chef. You know, when that Disney movie Coco came out, I was like, finally, we're going to get the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that movie. Um, and it's not about that. Um, I guess Katrina, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. We covered you. a lot of ground here. We did. Um, I love this tradition of having you um, here, I guess, once a year. You, yeah. again, are the first three-peat guest. Um, I'm so happy you did this. Can you just, you know, tell people where to find you and what's going on and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, you can follow me on social, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's at Katrina Weidman. Um, and that is spelled We ID Man. And, uh, yeah, just gearing up to do some things so you can, um, catch up with that on those adventures. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me again. I am very honored to be your first three P. Oh, <laughs> thanks for doing it. <laughs> well, thank you so much to Katrina Weidman. Please go check out her TV show, Portals to Hell, on Discovery+. Plus. Now there are two seasons up, and I love it. Of course, she hosts that with Jack Osborne, who's also been on this show. So, yeah, I like it. I, I endorse it. Go watch it. Anyway, please join my Patreon, patreon.com slash rosdresvelez, where you can find weekly videos and weekly bonus clips and, uh, you know, right now I'm doing a little full-length podcast where I'm talking about things that aren't spooky, so you can check that out there. Also, join our Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dress Velez. It's a great place to leave a ghost story and to, to talk to the other people that listen to this show. I am on Cameo at Roz Dress Velez and Instagram at Roz Hernandez. Please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a five-star review. And tell your friends about the show. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Starbanks Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.